before COVID, every failure was our failure as entrepreneurs. Now we have a lot more leeway to say, you know what, we're going to be more risky. We're going we're gonna to really try for new things. And if it doesn't work, we're going to learn from those lessons. So that's what makes this time a really great time to try new things and to, to pivot. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, Tom Stater, Mission Driven Podcast, here with you today talking about how individuals and organizations can take on big problems that humanity is facing and hopefully solve them over time. Really excited to be here talking with my friend Tom here because we're talking about pivoting today. Um, a lot of things have been happening in the world, a lot of reasons over the last two years why we should all have been making big decisions about our organizations, ourselves, and where we want to, to put best put our efforts and resources. Um, today, I'm stuck in quarantine, academically thinking about pilot or pivots and where I should be going, where my organization should be going. Tom is putting thought to practice and making some decisions. And Tom, man, I'm excited to hear about this. But just in general, um, had this conversation about pivoting, you know, ourselves, our businesses, what we're trying to accomplish. I think it's all kind of come into not just question, but it's now really starting to gain traction. So great timing for this conversation. I agree. I think it's a really interesting time. I I, I, I look at Shanghai and I, I kind of, I feel for you. It seems a bit dark up there. Um, and, and in, and in, I'll just say in Saigon, Southeast Asia, it's it's opening up. In the past month, I've been to Bangkok and back to, to Saigon, which was impossible to do. I feel as if the new normal, which was COVID, is slowly moving into the rearview mirror. You've been going back and forth between Bangkok and Ho Chi Minh. What's going on with you, man? Like, what, Give us an update. What's the pivot? Why are you going back and forth? What's your plan and why now? I would say that I'm not making a move to Bangkok. I think I'm just putting a lot more energy into developing Bangkok um, as a part of my life for its importance professionally. Uh, I'm still going to be 50% in Saigon because I, I do love Saigon. I love Vietnam. Uh, but at the same time, I am very much looking forward to spending more time in Bangkok. Why now? Why after all this time is it the, is it the best time to be doing this? I know it's the right thing to do. This is something that I wanted to do right before COVID. It is the right decision for me professionally and for me personally. And so I, we've talked about this. Like the last two years have been pretty hard on the business, hard on ourselves, just trying to figure out what we should do. Like, how is this feeding into your plans, man? Like, is this a great time to be looking at moving around more? Like, how, how are you adjusting to that? My goal is 50% in Bangkok, 50% in Saigon. Um, I, I, I have the luxury of being able to, to, to live my life in that way. Yeah. So I feel quite lucky about that. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm hedging my bets on this because, you know, if Bangkok doesn't work out, I can always, you know, um, go hundred percent back into Saigon. There's no real reason why not to live here yeah. except for the access to Bangkok, which is basically the capital of development work in Southeast Asia. Yeah. And pre COVID, that's where I was slowly moving to. Yeah. And I, I didn't call it a pivot. It was just a natural movement to that, like in that direction, whether that was a destination or a transitional point, it was happening. And then COVID hit yeah. and that those plans got put on pause. Set up to do the same thing, right? Like I had the office in yeah. Bangkok starting to open. For me, actually, it was something yeah. that I thought about for a number of years and was really excited mm -hmm. to do because 
it wasn't a pivot. I mean, it was in a sense very much a pivot because I was moving away from just being in China towards being in Asia and taking all the experience and the whatever that I'd, from China that I'd accumulated and then hopefully yeah. expanding it out. So it was an expansion, but it was very much in lines of it's a strategic pivot away from China as my sole focus towards something like that. But yeah, it was like in very similar regard, like I was looking at Bangkok going, well, okay, it's in the center of Asia. I can travel easily. Um, all the talent is there. Like there were so many things that were like drawing me towards that point, but it took me a matter of years to make that decision. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I mean, how do you feel about that? Being able to, having to put your plans on hold for, well, for so long. I think this gets back to like, why don't people make decisions and pivot when they know they need to? Um, and I was kind of thinking like, you know, one, there's a few barriers I think that we all face. Uh, one is like complacency, obviously, like things are going well. Why do I need to make a change? Right. Um, the other one is uh, I don't I think I have time, like the belief that you have enough time to get things done or it'd just be too much work to make that happen. And I think, you know, another one is like you're just trying to protect what you've already built and the fear of failing at another thing when you think, I mean, why would you leave here if you aren't failing? Like in a sense, like you have to admit failure and open yourself up to failure again. So I think like mentally there's a lot of barriers, but you know, how would I feel now? Well, yeah, I mean, in, in some sense that then, okay, now the, the guilt comes in. It's like, shit, I should not two years ago. I should not four years ago because now I've watched others who did it. I see what they're able to, like, I see the fact that you were able to get out and you're able to like actually get bounced between boards and actually do this as an advantage to where I'm like, oh, okay, I stayed in China too long. That's not to say that I regret my decision, but if I'm thinking about the decision on its own, you know, I think there's a lot of barrier mentally to, to making these decisions. Um, I don't know. I mean, what took you so, I mean, we talked about this earlier. You said it took you a couple of years to get this done. Like what took you so long to make that decision to move? I mean, obviously you were locked down, you physically couldn't move, but that's not the only reason why you didn't. So what were some things that held you back or some reasons that you were, some things that you were thinking about as you were playing this out? Oh, COVID. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's nothing that slowed me down more than COVID. Mm. Um, and so I'll, I'll talk about two things. One is, yeah, I mean, COVID slowed me down. Um, that absolutely. But if it wasn't for COVID, we would not have consolidated the organization that I work with mm in the way that we did, which would have enabled me to make a move to Bangkok. Yeah. And so we used to be a regional Asian not-for-profit. Right. Now we are a China-focused nonprofit. Right. Uh, that is, I mean, there's positives and negatives. Yeah, that was that, but I see it as positive, 100% positive. Yeah. And, and that, that enables me to do more things yeah. um, and different things. When I am making that move to bank, I am there to support my organization, yeah. but I'm also there to look for additional opportunities. Yeah. Now, those opportunities might be in line with the mission and vision of the library project, yeah. or it might be for something else, right. for say, nonprofit insight I run. So right. it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, that's a, I think that's part of every big transition or pivot though, is the fact that you kind of got to get used to the idea that you're giving something up that you're used to, right? And that doesn't mean that it's good, right? Like it's it's a bad situation or it's a good situation and you have to do the work to get into a great situation. But 
what I've found, or into a different situation, I've also found that the hardest part of all of that is actually just making the decision to do it, right? But once you get there, you're kind of free to build that next thing. And that itself can be exciting. Yeah. You know, I think that the second part of the question that you asked, I did not answer, which was what, what was the catalyst I guess for why, like, what was the tipping point? And so I went to Bangkok as a holiday just because I could, just because I could plans could land and I could get off the airplane Mm -hmm. um, and not go through multiple day quarantine. So I just booked a ticket there. Um, And I think during that time, I was getting into conversations with people in the development sector, having conversations that I had not had, nor able to have in Saigon. They don't occur here because the people in development work here are, you know, they're working on work in Vietnam and in, 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 in Bangkok, they're working on regional they're working on global issues and so it reminded me of these like just the conversations that that were possible and you know right when i started having (laughs) those i was like i'm i love having that connection to local problems Mm -hmm. that's saigon yeah okay that's hands-on yeah but i also need to have a connection to global and regional conversations and, and, and problems and solutions. Yeah. And so that's why I'm splitting my time. I don't want to lose connection to actually doing things. I talked to a lot of people in Bangkok. Yeah. None of them do anything. Like well, do anything with their hands. Yeah. They're like doing things with like, they're budgeting, they're yeah. engaging governments, yeah. they're, they're, they're engaging on a completely different level. Yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of some some conversations and some some thought I've had around when we were starting our organizations 15, 20 years ago, we used to have dynamic conversations with almost everyone that we talked to. And that wasn't just China and that wasn't just our nonprofit. It was also a lot of us and who we were surrounded by and just the people trying to get a lot of things done. Over time, that's because we've become more focused on the macro things around our our organizations, our networks have changed, the the rate of development in our space has changed within that geography. Those conversations aren't quite so dynamic. They're often very defensive. What I liked about Bangkok is very similar. Like I just had refreshing conversations about very different issues at all times. That for me, separate from Bangkok, is just it draws me to the idea that making that change, you're bringing yourself into a new set of conversations. You're surrounding yourself with different people. You're looking at the opportunities vastly different than you do now. Like now everything's kind of a small iteration. It's a lot of work to get the team to do something, but to cut that down or cut it off completely and to move into a different space, it's all possible. Now, of course, it's a lot of work to get it done, but at least it's all possible. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that there is this energy when you start an organization. But I also think that in these regions, you know, development work changes. Mm-hmm. And so in China, our voice 18 years ago, 16 years ago, was important. It was an international voice. Mm-hmm. It was a voice that that I believe the local and government 
were open to, uh, the local NGOs and the government were open to. Today, they're less so because the capacity has grown because they don't need us as much. Well, and I think that's really important. And I love it as a founder. Yeah. I'm like, I love that my team are making 98% of the, um, yeah. the decisions yeah. and they call me in to kind of settle, you know, small, you know, small issues that they, that they can't yeah, work through. This is also where I think the idea of a pivot is actually very interesting is that China Definitely after the financial crisis, probably in the mid-teens, like 2012, 14, like that shift away from the international towards the local really took place, in my yeah. view. For a lot of organizations, they held on to their old principles, right? Like we're going to be driven by Geneva if you're the UN or the Red Cross or Habitat's going to be driven by Atlanta. But then you had organizations that went full-scale China. They hired China teams. They built China business models. And they flourished, right? And so yeah. knowing when to make that decision and you know, taking on that risk, because I think a lot of NGOs and a lot of social entrepreneurs, man, they were like, no, it's got to be controlled by us, right? Like by the headquarters. And I remember having a conversation with, I, I was giving a lecture about how to scale in China. And a lot, of the, a lot of them were foreigners in there. I'm like, you know, you're here to save China, but you don't trust the Chinese to, to take your organization forward. The Chinese that you employ, the Chinese that are on your board, but yet you think that you can save China, like that's arrogant. So you need to pivot if you want to scale. But if you want to stay small, like in Shanghai or in Beijing, or like you could probably continue this, right? But you're not going to achieve scale. And a lot of organizations that were in that room, I, I, I bet if I went back and looked, I bet 95% are gone, like just gone. And maybe 5% are still just in Shanghai or just in their home market. Because most groups did not make a real shift. They were, they, were, they were scared of making that shift. Yeah, you know, and I think like getting back to a pivot, I think that they probably entered, they were there on you know, a bit of borrowed time and uh, they made the decision. They yeah. made the decision to, to exit. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with making that yeah. decision. There's some great organizations that, are, that were there and that are there. And so like getting back to you know why I'm, I'm making that, that, that jump down to, down to Bangkok for at least part-time, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's for that reason. It's that I, I am lucky that I work for an organization. Yeah. I founded an organization and work for an organization that can allow me to do that. Yeah. But they're also holding me accountable saying, you need to bring value to this. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to find a way of, of raising funds or raising awareness yeah. or what have you in Southeast Asia, in Bangkok, if you're going to make that move. What's the process you've gone through to plan this pivot? Like what, what is it that you needed to know to feel comfortable to make the decision to go halftime between the two or to make the, you know, whatever jumps you're trying to make? I think two years ago, I would have just made the jump. Right. And, and, and I would have had a little bit of that mojo still in there. I feel that, I feel that just in general, people in the world, I mean, everyone's a little bit damaged by the, by, by what's, what's happened to us over the past two years. Yeah. So, you know, I'm much, decision-making is a bit more difficult for me now. It's just a bit more difficult. So, you know, am I wasting money and time by doing it slower over say a six month or a one year period? Maybe, 
or maybe there's a reason. Maybe I'm acting more like an adult. Maybe maybe this is the way people move. But were you? Did you have any need for say certainty of business or certainty that no. you could succeed or certainty that you had money in the bank for to do this? I know it's the right next move, and that's how I make decisions. Yeah. It's I'm not a strategic thinker. I'm not looking down the road. 10 years on where we need to be. That's not me. Yeah. I'm like, is this the right decision But today? If you break down that feeling of what is right, what are some things that help you trust that feeling? Or what- I, I had great conversations. That's it. That's it. And, and, and the fact that Bangkok is the capital for development work mm. in Southeast Asia, at least in 2022. Yeah. Now, I'm, I, I know that it is slowly- over the next generation, yeah, you know, be spread out over Southeast Asia. Yeah. And, and, and that is happening. That is happening. And I think that's the right thing to do. But as of today, right now, yeah. that is where I need to be. In a sense, the conversations are just giving you confidence, but are they giving you actionable <laughs> areas where you can get shit done or it's just about confidence? It's just confidence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. I'm not, I, again, I'm not overthinking this. I, I'm laughing because honestly, you know how many business ideas I have and what I'm talking about with my online pivot. And I just haven't done it because I'm lacking the confidence. End of day. I know I'm having great conversations with you. I know that the other platform with the entrepreneurs is going pretty well, but to go all in, to put all your eggs in that, man, it's like. This morning, I had a conversation with a woman from Pakistan, hmm. wants to support the community. Mm -hmm. Kids can't afford school there. She started a small school six months ago. She has 30 kids. She has no money to really grow it, yeah. but she has vision yeah. and she's going for it. Yeah. When I look in the mirror at, at the risks that I've taken over the past six months, yeah. I'm like, man, I think I can make a move to Bangkok. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I can do this. <laughs> and that's, that also drives me back to like when we started this, dude, we have savings, we have retirement, we have emergency funds. We didn't have shit back then, but we made decisions that were insanely more risky back then in comparison to what we're talking about now. Insanely, yeah. right? But Insane. So I'm like, what is it that holds us back from making this decision? That's where I kind of get back to like you, the fear of unknown and the confidence that you have that ability to overcome that becomes a big part of it. I'm not saying it's all of it, but it becomes a big part of holding you back from, from that opportunity. I'm happy I didn't make the move to Bangkok 18 years ago Yeah, because I didn't have any experience. I have nothing to, to, to add. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't have the, you know, master's degree in development work. Yeah. I'm not going to get it at 47. Right. But what I have is 18 years of hands-on experience in, in, in China and in Vietnam. Yeah. You know, a lot of this is just making that decision. And I think, Okay, so we've had a bit of a negative kind of tone to it, like hesitation on the last 15 minutes, but it's like, there is a lot of opportunity in, in terms of like getting it done and being excited about that. And I think that's where the second part yeah. comes in. It's like, you know, why do I keep coming up with these ideas? It's because I am excited about the find the one that I will feel is like, bam, go for it. And knowing that when I do, I have all that experience to bring to it, right? Like, I have a lot of plans. I have a lot of PowerPoints. I have a lot of spreadsheets. I have it all done. Just which one do I want to put it all down on? And I think it's just the metrics for what I want out of it are so different than when we started this to begin with. It's like, I want to believe that if I take the next step, it's going to be 
okay, I've done really good work in China, but can I platform that up into something much larger that also doesn't require me to build a massive team to make sure it all gets done? Like, is there a you know, like digital platform that you can scale other entrepreneurs? Is there a way that you can engage volunteers and activate them? Is like different tools, but the same experience and the same you know, potential passion for the impact? I think with our experience and anyone's experience of 18 years in an industry, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit or whatever, yeah. you know, you've, the chance of failure is much lower than someone who is, you know, starting out at 25. But also that's, that's, but, that's just yeah. the facts. Well, they, they have shown yeah. that actually late forties founders are the most successful over time. Um, and I think that's just because yeah. you bring the experience. You also, you have, I think, uh, you know, why I'd ask about the finance, because you feel confidence in your financials. So you're willing to make that jump where in your early thirties, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a different situation, even whether you have a family or you don't like you're generally more stable than also your network of people, the resources that you can bring to the challenge, to the organizational development, that that's all much stronger in your late forties than it is in your early thirties. You know, talking about finances, no, it'll it'll be tight. Yeah, it'll be tight. You know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to have a budget. Mm. I'm gonna have to make sure I'm I'm spending appropriately. Yeah, but but again, I mean, it's this is not some that is the last thing I'm worried about. You know, yeah. like yeah. of all the things I'm worrying about, finances are the last thing. Right. Okay, man. So how will you do? You have any ideas for what like success of this pivot looks like for you? What are you trying to get out of it? I just want to do cool things. Mm. Um, I want to have good conversations. Yeah. I want to be around people who are doing interesting things within, within the, yeah. the development sector. Cool. Um, that is important to me with regards to the library project. I would like to, you know, build some relationships, maybe some funding for, from foundations or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, with regards to nonprofit insights, I think it would be really interesting to, get more hands-on with other founders yeah. of, of organizations. And there's a lot in Thailand, yeah. Um, yeah. much more go than going on in Viet. Then, you know, with regards to mission driven, just meeting more people that we might be able to interview. That's it. You know, I also like Thailand for other reasons, mm -hmm. like healthcare, Good healthcare. That that's important to me. Yeah. So, you know, that is, that is a, an immediate KPI that will be <laughs> automatically hit yeah when i just when the doors open on the plane on the other side of this pivot for me i think it's more stability in terms of you know i'm going to put this work in and hopefully through the online platforms the products that i'm looking at what it will do is it's it'll help to kind of smooth out the uncertainty around say china or the region or the world in many aspects but at the same time it will hopefully help other entrepreneurs, other mission-driven organizations to do what, you know, to take the tools that I'm hopefully going to sell successfully and they'll put them to use for a much bigger potential impact against the issues that I'm worried about, but also the issues that, that they're worried about. I'm pretty excited about the process, although editing sometimes gets to be a little bit, you know, mind-numbing, but the conversations with people, the ability to have that, you know, as a platform, dynamic conversations with people. I, I mean, that's awesome. Like, I, what can go wrong there? Um, financially, the good thing is that this doesn't cost a whole lot, right? Like I have a microphone, I got a video camera, I have a, a, a light on the other side. 
and then I have my time. So the risk of failure administratively at least is much lower um, right now than say if I built another agency, which fortunately right now my agency and the charity, they're doing, well, the charity is phenomenally stable right now, which is great. The agency is on hold from a cash flow perspective because you know COVID in China has kind of put all the projects there. But hopefully, if this this works, I can overcome that because you're not you're not kind of you're diversifying out the 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 potential risks of the organization as long as you're developing the product. And that's the nice thing is you get to focus on a product that you can just you know you can control again, which I think is phenomenal, mate. As a, as a way to wrap this up, uh, what are three things? you would urge others to consider as they're looking at a pivot for themselves or their organization? I think the first thing you need to think about is, you know, what yourself, what does this align with your, you know, your personal goals Mm. is, does it make sense? And I don't think you need to really overthink it too much. I don't think you should, you know, like go too deep in it, but just, just asking the question, like, and answering the question, is this the right thing to do for me personally? Yeah. Uh, the next thing I think is really important is, you know, looking at your house, your personal life, your professional life, does it align? And then the last thing I would say is finances. Yeah. Uh, you, you just need to make sure that you're able to do it comfortably or, or at least without uh, going hungry in the process. I'm going to take it a little bit differently. I mean, you're, you're very personally focus on that. I think from a, from a planning perspective, you know, understanding like right now there's a moment of crisis. Like, is this the right extension or transition of your work? And that can be as an organization or as an entrepreneur. The second thing is don't overly complicate it, but do some research to understand whether or not your pivot makes sense for the market and you're solving or expanding on a challenge that you've been working on for a while, like bring something new in a new way. So you're diversifying, but hopefully in a way that you're getting more scale for the effort that you're going to put in. And then I think the third one is just do it. Don't let the fear stop you from achieving this. And, you know, for me, I really do think about the fact that, you know, before COVID, we talked about this before, before COVID, every failure was my failure, was our failure as entrepreneurs. Now we have a lot more leeway to say, you know what, we're going to be more risky. Of course, you know, don't be stupid. Don't bet your house on it. We're going to be more risky. We're going to, we're going to really try for new things. And if it doesn't work, we're going to learn from those lessons versus get so deep into the failure. And I think, so that's what makes this time a really great time to try new things and to, and to, to pivot, to make that jump. It's been, you know, a few months, six months where I've been talking about this pretty openly. It's been more than two years that I've been, thinking and talking and planning about it and it's just time to get shit done so i hope through this podcast i I feel better now i feel like i want to do it man um i hope that you all feel that way too and i i really wish you the best man because tom 50 percent in bangkok and vietnam at least if nothing else you get great street food every other week it's amazing you won't get bored yeah no i I, again it's i think it's the right thing to do and I'll be seeing, I'm confident I'll be seeing you in Bangkok or, or Saigon uh, in the next six months. I think, I I think it's, I think that there's going to be some, some, some change happening with, with China. I think it's just going to happen. So. 